Welcome to the Steering Change Podcast, navigating through the commercial transportation industry in Alberta and beyond. Powered by the Alberta Motor Transport Association. Here's your host, Josh Hanaberry. Friends in the industry, I'm your host, Josh Hanaberry, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Steering Change Podcast. During a recent conversation on the podcast, we dove into AMTA's industry advancement initiatives and the importance of our industry to continue to invest in new technologies, as well as solutions to allow our industry to operate safer and more efficiently. Another incredible important component of our industry is our people. Without the amazing professionals working diligently each and every day in our industry, we understand that pretty much nothing would get accomplished. More specifically, when we consider our professional drivers and the amazing work that they do each and every day, it's nothing short of amazing. In today's episode, I'm excited to speak with Don McDonald, Operations Manager with CCA Truck Driver Training, and Kelsey Hipkin, Manager of Communications here at AMTA, as we dive into what makes a professional driver and what trucking companies can do to create an environment that allows their professional drivers to be successful. Don, Kelsey, super excited to have you on the podcast today. I think, well, I know it's going to be an amazing conversation. I have a ton of respect for both of you, and I'm excited about what we're going to dive into as well. So welcome to the podcast. All right, Don, to start us off, can you share a little bit about yourself and your role at CCA Truck Driver Training? Hi, Josh and Kelsey. First off, I'd like to say thanks for inviting me to be a part of your podcast today. Truly is an honor to be a part of it. My name is Don McDonald. And I am a father, husband. I'm also the operations manager and the senior instructor here at CCA Truck Driver Training. Also want to throw in that I am a transportation enthusiast. I basically like anything that's trucking related and I have a real passion for the trucking industry for which I have been involved with in different capacities throughout my whole career. It's awesome. Before we move on to the great Kelsey Hipkin, I just wanted to celebrate Don. He was actually one of the first people I ever met trying to get involved with the association when I worked at a former employer of mine. And his, honestly, from day one, his encouragement to get involved, his recommendation of other good people to connect with, his involvement with the association, which I know we're going to dive into. It's just been really influential in my journey. And CCA Truck Driver Training, they did a bunch of work for us at my former employer, just building trust through that environment too, and the amount of good it did for our business, especially when we were talking about hiring and stuff. It was awesome. So Don, it's great to have you here. All right, Kelsey, on to you. Why don't you give us a quick uh, rundown of who you are as a person, as well as your role here at AMTA. Thanks, Josh, and welcome, Don. Hello to the Steering Change community. My name is Kelsey Hipkin. My pronouns are she, her. I am the communications manager here at AMTA. We do your e-news, the website, things like that, and a lot of events. And that is how I met Don in the first place was through our regional meetings. And then Don is also heavily involved with the Professional Truck Driving Championship and our Driver Appreciation Days as well. So he's really a key member relationship that we have here at the association. And then I just want to give a shout out to my team. A leader is only as strong as those who hold them up. And I have a really great team that I work with on the regular. So shout out to Erica, Robin, Emmanuel, and Lori. Totally agreed. That's a really good pillar statement too when we're thinking about leadership. I also want to honor Kelsey. I've known her for, well, Kelsey, for, I don't know, four or five years, pretty much since you started at the association. Seeing who you are today and just how you're, like, you're leading a phenomenal team and huge shout out to your team. 
and your ability to hear what they're saying too, I think is one of your greatest gifts as a leader, because ultimately if it was just you making decisions and there's not that back and forth, the juggling, all that kind of stuff, I think it, it kind of gets dull, but the seeing what you're accomplishing as a group and just how we're reaching the launch of this podcast, a lot of it came from Kelsey and I just, I really celebrate you and it's awesome obviously working side by side. So I think today's going to be a great conversation. So welcome. Thanks buddy. So Don. Um, I've touched on a couple when I was chatting there, but can you highlight some of the areas that you're involved with with the association and what the, these experiences have been like for your journey in our industry? Sure, Kelsey, I can uh, definitely do that. Uh, let me start by saying how I actually got involved with the AMTA. I was first uh, introduced to the AMTA by attending the regional meetings. Uh, I used to tag along with my boss, and uh, this would have been back in the early 2000s. Back then, these were actually dinner events after work. I found them interesting and I enjoyed listening to the different carriers, how they were operating, their successes, their obstacles that they were facing. And I always enjoyed the information that was shared. You know, law enforcement used to be there and other guest speakers. Uh, I was, you know, wasn't able to attend all these meetings, but I sure look forward to the ones that I could. I found them very informative. And as time went on, uh, my role at CCA evolved and uh, the structure of the AMTA somewhat changed a little bit too. These meetings, these regional meetings, they became lunch events, uh, which made it a little easier, uh, you know, to be in a position to be able to attend them more on a regular basis. And then as I moved into a management position, I began to have uh, much more involvement with the operations of CCA. And this led me to have more direct contact with the AMTA. And I remember I was at one of the regional meetings and I was uh, approached by one of your staff members. And they asked if I would have any interest in joining a committee at the AMTA called Driver of the Month Committee. And a little background, this is a, a program where carriers can nominate their drivers, you know, who meet the uh, required criteria on the application form. And then the committee reviews these applications and then they vote on the application that stands out best for them. This program is a fantastic way for carriers to highlight and showcase their drivers, as well as to show their drivers that they are proud of them and that they appreciate the hard work and dedication. Being a former driver myself, and a certified licensed driving instructor, I jumped at the opportunity. I thought it was great. I believe in it. And uh, that was 10 years ago I joined that committee and I'm still involved in it today. And I really believe in the program. It's, it's definitely worthwhile. This then led me to get into more involvement uh, with the AMTA. And uh, I got involved with the PTDC, which is the Professional Truck Driver Championships. A little background, uh, this event is in a league of its own. It's been around for decades. And I remember when I first started driving, uh, you know, I was kind of getting my career into gear, pardon the pun. But I used to hear drivers talk about this program, you know, the Truck Driver Championships. And it sounded like a fun time, you know, when I'd read about it in the trucking magazines. You know, it was, it was well known. So when I had the opportunity to get involved with the committee, I was on the track committee, actually. I, I was pretty excited. I was, first of all, I was amazed at how much planning and organization goes into these events behind the scenes, not to mention the amount of physical work that goes into setting up the obstacle track and putting this event off. A lot of time and effort, uh, mainly through volunteer support. And of course, that's another one of the coolest parts of it are the volunteers. And just a little throw in, like we volunteer our time for free. Granted, I'm sure I can speak for most of the volunteers, if not all of them. We have a blast and a lot of fun when we're doing it. It's amazing to see how many people come together and uh, pull these events together and uh, support the industry. But let's not forget the main reason we do this is for the drivers who compete in these competitions. Those individuals are the stars of the event, every one of them. 
the camaraderie amongst the participants and the volunteers, in my mind, is addictive. Once you attend one, you'll be looking for the next one next year. And there's another event or another committee that I'm a part of, and this one's kind of near and dear to my heart as well, and it's Driver Appreciation Days. Uh, to me, I, want, I like to say this one puts the icing on the cake. As a former driver, drivers often get overlooked for their work, the hard work that they do, the long hours they put in. This event shows drivers that we really do appreciate them for what they do for us. And let's face it, no matter what we buy as consumers, if it traveled on a truck, whether it was a long haul tractor trailer, a straight truck, or a cargo van, the driver has to deliver it. So being set up at various way stations across the province, handing out goodie bags to the drivers across the scale is such a nice feeling. Seeing the driver smile as they're surprised to see that we're actually there supporting them, showing them our appreciation is quite rewarding. And once again, I can honestly say it means a lot. As a former driver, it means a lot to hear someone say, hey, you're doing a good job. We don't hear that enough, for sure. And then more broadly, I've been involved with various other focus groups uh, for research and development of current and future driver programs with the AMTA. As well, I can honestly say being involved with the AMTA has helped me grow professionally. I've met many great people, some of who have been amazing mentors, even though they may not realize it. To sum it up, I enjoy being involved with the AMTAs. It allows me the opportunity to get back to the transportation industry that has served me so well throughout my career. Thank you, Don. That was awesome. And speaking of all of these involvements that you've been mentioning, it's efforts like that and initiatives like that that our members take that are huge in nominating people for our annual AMTA awards. And one of those awards is the Supplier Member of the Year, of which Don was named last year. So congratulations again, Don. It was well-deserved. The Supplier Award is one awarded to people who take the time not only to improve industry through their work, but through their involvement with events, programs, and initiatives, just like Don listed off just then. And as a shameless plug, award nominations are currently open for 2024. Details will be available in our show notes on amta.ca, or you can reach out to any of our staff as well. It's awesome. Yeah, Don, congratulations. Being there, that was my first conference too, but being there and knowing that you were going to be recognized for literally years of dedication, I think was really awesome. And again, when you were talking about the committees and the involvement, a huge shout out to professional drivers, completely agree. Um, I think like as an association, but more so the people that work here, we are huge driver advocates. So it's nice to see your journey. And as we dive into that more through our conversation, but yeah, it's nice to see your appreciation as well as recognizing just the industry relationships you can establish by being involved. And so, yeah, it's, it is good to see. So to kind of dive into more of a conversation, um, knowing that you're a professional driver, and that was obviously how you entered our industry, um, you've also been training for a handful of years. Can you share some of the major changes that you've experienced when training students that's been beneficial for our industry, or I guess to our industry? Josh, um, yeah, as you said, um, been a former driver, uh, entered into the industry back in the 90s. I've been a driving instructor actually this month it's 24 years as a driving instructor, so a little more than a handful. <laughs> uh, as, as anyone in the transportation industry will tell you, there has been a lot of changes over the years, and not all of them have been for the better. One trend that we are seeing as we're diving into the industry here, we're getting more and more individuals coming to us with little to no basic driving experience. That seems to be a, a big trend, and that's not necessarily for people driving trucks. That's for like basic driving you know, experience in general. And this adds to a little bit of a challenge for the individuals. 
But on a positive note, the equipment is changing today. You know, today's trucks are becoming more driver friendly, greater visibility, more automotive type features. And, uh, you know, the more mainstream in the use of automated transmissions has made the industry a little bit more enticing for some individuals. Though it must be noted for the mandatory entry-level training program, MELT, if you do use an automated transmission vehicle for a road test, the individual will be restricted to driving automated vehicles only. So I have to throw in there that there's always an argument that everyone should know how to drive a manual transmission. While I do agree with that statement, you know, I, I think that's that's very valid. The reality of today is though, the bulk of large carriers are making the switch to automated technology and the use of manual transmissions is not totally a necessity today. And uh, if you did use an automated transmission and you had uh, a restriction put on your license, there's nothing stopping the person from upgrading and having that restriction removed at a later date. I remember when the conversation around manual and um, auto transmissions, well, a conversation, I won't say the start of it, because I know that's been ongoing for a few years. But I remember when we were having this conversation and you were talking about prior like you had to buy something with a standard into it like a standard into it and the cost of a manual was just like why would you even do that like that's this crazy cost and then when it flipped and now it's the opposite where it's a little harder to come across an 18 speed than it would be say or an auto transmission and being in the fleet world I'd always ask that question, especially at time of hire. Like, what have you operated? Like, kind of walk me through, if we're talking pre-trips, walk me through climbing through the mountains, that kind of thing. And it's interesting what people, I know no one can see this because it's an audio episode, but how people talk with their hands. And you can tell who's driven an 18-speed based off of hand movement versus someone that hasn't. So if someone was trying to uh, give me a little bit of a fluff, it was interesting because I'm like, I don't know. I just interviewed three other people, and they're talking with their hands. You can tell they're shifting gears when they're talking about the hills or obviously the mountains out here in Western Canada. And But yeah, your insight on that really helped my perspective. And then when we were talking about like future technologies, we had some of our industry advancement team hop on a recent episode and alternative fuels and all this types of conversation were fuel economy. And that's another interesting part when we're talking transmissions and the newer technology. It's like, are you saving money by being or operating with aerodynamics? Are you not? And how does it impact with training? So anyway, I think it's pretty neat, though, these conversations that we've had over the years and just how it's really kind of fed the way I think about power equipment. So when we're, you mentioned MELT, so mandatory entry-level training, can you highlight what is MELT? And I know that there's a lot of conversations going on right now on the review of, um, not just here in Alberta, but across our province, or sorry, across our country. Can you, yeah, highlight what is MELT and why it was brought to Alberta? Yeah, MELT, this is a loaded topic, and uh, this could be a whole podcast on its own. Uh, But let me give it a little bit of a shot here. MELT stands for mandatory entry-level training. Basically, that's it. It's, uh, you know, there's no special formulas or secrets or hidden theories, you know, in MELT. It's uh, basically the same techniques that drivers have been using for decades. The big difference with MELT today is that as of March of 2019, you can no longer challenge a road test. You know, if you want to get a driver's license, you must complete this mandatory entry-level training program. You know, it's approved by the Alberta government, obviously, and, uh, you know, better known today as Tech Transportation of Economic Orders. The goal of MELT, when we talk about why was it introduced, uh, the goal of MELT in the words of tech is to uh, enhance quality of truck driver training, create a foundation of responsible driving, and foster the development of positive driving attitudes and behaviors in commercial drivers. And that's that's what we try to do with it. It's more to try to standardize the, uh, the method of training so that everybody gets the same type of training, no matter where in the province you get your license. The current MELT program is 113 hours in duration, which includes 40.5 hours of classroom, 
15.5 hours of inspection activities, 57 of hours of in-cab training, 18 of which are off-road and 39 are behind the wheel. And uh, Josh, if I can, uh, CCA Truck Driver Training has always made it its mission to supply the industry with employer employable drivers, you know, since 1981. And uh, we're the oldest commercial driving school that operates uh, with the original owner still here on a daily basis. Wow. An interesting uh, fact for many years, uh, long before the inception of MELT, CCA had an advanced transport driver operations program, uh, which was given recognition by a select couple of uh, insurance companies to provide graduates with a three-star rating, which gave them the equivalent to two years experience. Uh, So that was quite a feat back in the day. And uh, just a quick little history note here, uh, CCA has also been advocating for a minimum training standard in Alberta. And as a matter of fact, uh, the TTDA, which stands for Transportation Training Development Association of Alberta, it was founded in uh, 2005 to do just that. So when we think about it, MELT has been a long time in the making. It's just unfortunate that it took, you know, a a tragic event that we all remember to propel the uh, Alberta government to finally implement this minimum training standard in March of 2019. So in actual fact, the minimum amount of training that one can take to obtain a class one license is the MELT program. And that pretty much sums up MELT. It's a good summary. And I know it, it is a beast of a conversation on its own. And I, I know from our prior conversations and from specifically in the training space, as well as students that have gone through it, there's a lot to it. And that's not necessarily the Today is not that conversation, um, but you said fostering positive behaviors um, and standardizing training. Can you kind of, I guess, walk us through what does that mean when we're talking standardizing training? Like, is the inter- is the intention so every training school across the board that's the goal? Like, they have to standardize. Everyone has to be trained to that specific standard in Melt. Is that what that means? And when we're talking about positive behavior, what's your take been on? with students? Has it been a positive experience before we kind of navigate through more so some of the guidance that I know you share? Well, Josh, when we talk about the uh, fostering, uh, you know, the development of positive driving attitudes and behaviors of uh, commercial drivers, you mentioned about, you know, is MELT there to standardize the training? And that is the, uh, that is the intent so that no matter which school or no matter where in the province you go to get your license, you know, the Alberta government has created this curriculum, which is pretty much standardized across most of Western Canada. Now, well, you know, Manitoba, Saskatchewan and British Columbia have jumped on board. The goal is so that, you know, we can have some sort of formal training that everyone has to do uh, in order to get their license. And you're not just, you know, taking your buddy's truck and challenging a road test to get your license. One thing that they did do, uh, the government did do uh, a couple of years ago, they gave individuals who hold a class three license for more than two years, the opportunity to take a what's called the experience and equivalency program. It's a MELT certified program, just, you know, much shorter than the MELT program and a little less expensive. And that program as well is is standardized by the government. You know, it has its own curriculum that every school is it has to uh, to teach their students in order to obtain the license. I appreciate that. I know it's a, ne- it's a never ending conversation for another day. Uh, maybe we'll go for lunch again and keep diving into it. So, so when we're talking about positive behavior, and again, I really want to celebrate you as a coach, as a mentor, as a trainer, because you do have a really incredible ability to uplift people and to create movement. 
So people actually take action, which I really admire. And you've done that in my journey for the last handful of years, and I've watched you do it with others too, some of my former colleagues even. So when you're working with students, they're brand new, they just signed up, hopefully they're excited. Can you walk us through some of the, I guess, guidance that you would share that helps them prepare mentally what being a professional driver means? Not necessarily just the melt training, which is a big part of it, but their mindset. What kind of um, yeah, advice do you share in that space? Josh, that's a very good question and um, appreciate the kind words. My big thing and, and, and basically the goal of CCA here is we want people to be successful. It's not just enough to give someone, you know, to get them a driver's license. Uh, I want them to be able to use the license and, and you know, enter into the career, uh, you know, the transportation world as a career. Uh, you know, that's the reason they're coming here. So I'd like for them to be successful. And that's why uh, we do what we do. But when I'm having these conversations with students, when they come in to do their research, that's the first thing I tell them. Make sure you do research. Check out the industry. Call some carriers, that kind of stuff. See what the industry is all about and make sure that it's for you. Yeah, as a former driver, just shy 20 years experience over the road, I can honestly say that trucking is not for everyone. It's more of a vocation than it is a job. It's it's not a nine to five job. It's a lifestyle. You know, there's local opportunities out there where people can put in an hourly shift and go home for the night. But those positions are pretty limited. And usually, you know, the senior drivers like to take those up. So for the most part, new drivers have to put in time in the longer haul category and work their way up from there. Some other points that I tell them that they should consider, you should be a self-motivator, you know, as you're working a lot on your own. Good common sense. You know, you have to be able to think on your feet sometimes. Certain things, you know, things go wrong or, you know, you might get lost or things of that nature. And sometimes you got to think your way through them. You got to have patience. Patience is a big thing. There's a fair amount of time that's spent either loading and unloading. And, uh, you know, you have to be able to cope with that and handle it. You also have to deal with the motoring public. And let's face it, we all know that big trucks on the road are not everybody's friends. Most people see a big truck, the first thing happens, the left signal light goes on because they want to pass it. For everybody, that's sometimes challenging. Uh, you got to be able to deal with that. In a nutshell, there's no room for short, te- short tempers and road rage while you're driving and op- you're operating a tractor trailer. So you need to make sure you have a level head and you're getting into this for the right reasons. Being mechanically inclined is definitely an asset. Taking pride in your work, you know, your attitude and the way you present yourself is a big one. And finally, one of the bigger things, your family must be on board. You have to have the support of your family behind you. You know, you're going to be working a lot of hours. Typically, it's not strange for a driver to work 60 to 70 hours a week. So if your family is not on board, you're going to be away from home a little bit too. Sometimes that becomes a a huge hurdle. And lastly, you must enjoy driving because you're going to be doing an awful lot of it. So those are some of the key points that I like to point out to people, you know, when they consider getting into the trucking industry. If you want to be successful, you got to make sure you're getting into it for the right reasons. Some really great points there, Don. Um, the one I kind of gleaned on to, I don't come from a an industry background. And in my eight years here, being one of those former motoring public who kind of just motored my way around semi-trucks and didn't give it a, a here nor there. What I've learned in in my time here is just the importance of giving those commercial drivers and their vehicles the room that they need, the respect that they've garnered getting goods here and there. So kudos to you guys for what you do with training and just another kudos. I know Josh gave you some, but just for, from your years as a driver. And speaking of that journey, what would you say has been the most impactful part of getting to where you are today as a senior instructor and ops manager with CCA? Well, Kelsey, it's been an amazing journey to say the least. Been doing this quite some time. 
I've had uh, the opportunity to meet a lot of good people over the span of my career. And uh, I've been involved in many different organizations for learning and providing driver education. But I'd have to say the most impactful part of my position is having the ability to help people and to show, uh, you know, at our facility, I found we get a lot of people coming in who are either just found themselves unemployed or they're underemployed. They're, they're trying to better themselves. And, you know, they've made the decision to enter into the transportation industry. Uh, it's very rewarding um, when, you know, when I see these people and they enroll and they, they start in the training and they work hard at it and they succeed in the training program. They're successful on the road test. You know, I have the ability to connect a lot of these people with carrier, you know, so they can gainfully secure employment. That's what gives me satisfaction. It actually, it, it's not only me, I have to say, you know, it takes a team to do it. And I'm extremely proud of the team that I have behind me. All of our instructors, you know, our office staff, it takes the whole team to make this happen. And I'm proud of what everybody does. And at the end of the day, that's the reason that I do what I do every day. I really like the people first mentality that you added to that answer. We know that that company culture in general has become so ingrained in everything that we do these days. And the fact that you pass that on to the students that in turn are getting hired and, and hitting the road, that's just a kudos to you for that one. So we have been talking a lot about training today and new drivers, but I want to shift to the carriers themselves a bit. What advice do you have for carriers looking to enhance company culture and ensure their drivers are safe and successful on the road? Kelsey, you know, I think I can use a little of my own experience to answer this question. Let me just start by saying that I received my training here at TCA Truck Driver Training back in the 90s. Uh, it's come full circle, oddly enough. But I mean, back when I was getting my class one in the 90s, successfully completing my road test, I was very fortunate uh, that I got hired right away and entered into the transportation world through our sister company. We had a sister company, CCA Driver Services Limited. It's just a, you know, a general freight hauler. And I got the I got this opportunity because the owner was willing to give me a chance. A little bit more than that, mentorship is what really made this happen. You know, when I got hired, I wasn't just throwing a set of keys and an address and said, here, go make this delivery. You know, I was paired up with another driver who rode along with me until they were confident that I could handle things on my own. I have, I've had many mentors throughout my career. And uh, like I said earlier, a lot of these people have no idea that I was even paying attention to what they were doing. My success is not just for me. My success has there's been a lot of people that helped me get to where I am today. And I'm very thankful for that, uh, for sure. But if I could offer a little bit of advice to carrier was that carriers today, trucking is changing. Like trucking that we, we all did back in the day, it's, it's, it's changing as, as time evolves. And now, you know, I find that today's culture they need to appreciate their drivers more. This has to come from the top. Like this comes from management down. Actually, it comes from ownership down to management, you know, all the way down to the to the drivers, right? You know, they must set up the workplace to recognize the importance of work-life balances. That's a big one that we find today. The new generation of drivers uh, will require companies to become more versatile in its dispatch to accommodate this new reality. And uh, this means respect uh, for the fact that drivers, they have a life outside of work. Overall, there's a chance, you know, if you give a new driver a chance to uh, and you treat them fairly and give them room to advance if it's applicable, they just might stay with you for 27 years. I love that. The uh, <laughs> It's so true. Honestly, I think when you think of like being in a leadership position and you're considering the long game, your team being successful, I think, is a critical part of that long game. And it doesn't matter if you're in the office. Like I remember when, like I remember the conversation I had with a former dispatcher when I made that decision that I'm not going to drive anymore. And I was like, that's too bad. 
because I was good at it. Like the industry I was in, like I liked it. I liked our customers and stuff, but I didn't like that constant type of interaction, which drove part of my change. But when you can really invest into your people to think for the long game, like Don, you are appreciated here. Thank you for showing up early. Thank you for keeping our customers safe or taken care of. Thank you for operating safely. Thank you for telling me that it's your it's your daughter's birthday. Thank you for being part of our team and really embracing that culture of you belong and you're a human. I think it's a game changer. And I do know in my role here, I've been extremely fortunate to connect with a bunch of carriers where they really value and celebrate their professional drivers day in and day out. And then I've met a handful that don't. And the retention numbers speak for themselves based off of like the culture they've had in that company. And some of it is just if it's mechanical issues that a driver doesn't want to bring up because they're afraid that it's going to be put on them to like, hey, you have this happening and it's December, whatever date, then yes, we're super busy, but we're going to try and make it work. Like whatever it is, like the human factor, I think is really important. And yeah, the longevity you've had in your career, obviously the success you've had in your career and probably the thousands of lives you've had an influence on in that 27 years is also really cool for us to consider because I'm a strong believer we all have the ability to impact people. And it, a lot of times it's those small interactions. And like you said about mentorship, most times people don't think that you're watching, but you are. And it doesn't take very long to kind of ruin that moment of, well, I thought you were a mentor, you're just a jerk versus like, thank you, you've really groomed my journey. And just, yeah, if it's traveling through the mountains or how to train, like obviously we've talked driver training a lot, even off camera or off recording and just being able to identify, yes, you were a great professional driver, but it's someone else in the seat. And how do you talk to them? So your ability to coach a trainer to be a great trainer also speaks highly of you. So anyway, I'm just, yeah, I'm a big fan. So I think it's important that we just keep highlighting that. Before we end, Don, uh, were there any final words that you would like to share? Um, as well as if you're comfortable, can you let our listeners know if they had questions about driver training or CCA truck driver training, what's the best way to get in contact with yourself? Uh, Josh, you know, the biggest or the, or the best way is our website, of course, uh, ccatruckdrivertraining.com has our contact info for sure. Uh, please feel free to give us a call anytime. You can stop by the office uh, during regular business hours. By all means, stop by. Always uh, happy to uh, share some information and, and give some people, uh, you know, some advice, tips, tricks, all that kind of good stuff that they need to get their career in gear and get going down the road. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, your website address is in the show notes. So highly recommend going and checking those out. And again, thank you, my friend, for taking the time and really appreciate that very much. So Kelsey, my friend, why don't you bring this home? Was there any final words that you would like to share? And I know we mentioned a few links throughout um, our conversation, which are in the show notes. But if people had questions more so specific for you and your team, if you can drop the best way for people to get in contact with you guys, too. Absolutely. Firstly, I just want to thank you, Don. I feel personally lucky to know you and consider you a friend in this industry and through my years here at AMTA. Thank you, Josh, I suppose, for bringing you out of my comfort zone for today's podcast. Um, And then, yeah, I just want to give a shout out. A lot of us know a person like Don in our industry. So I want to give one more shout out to our nominations for the Supplier Award in 2024. You can hit us up on amta.ca or feel free to even email us at events at amta.ca and we can answer any questions you might have about award nominations, conference, or even anything that you want to share out a cool news story as a member of AMTA and we're happy to share that with you. 
Awesome. Yeah, just again, thank you so much for both taking the time. I know Don and I, we've talked about podcasting for a while. Kelsey, you've been at the forefront of this development and you crushed it. So I'm really grateful that you're willing to get out of the comfort zone and just let the world really know who you are and just, yeah, the influence that you're having on a phenomenal industry. So with that said, thank you again. And yeah, and we'll be in contact and if not today, tomorrow, soon, but appreciate both of your time very much. This was awesome. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Don, Kelsey, honestly, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us on the Steering Change podcast today. I really appreciate the insights that were shared in our conversation. Specifically, Don, the advice that you share with new trainees looking to become professional drivers, as well as how it influences their way of thinking. Thank you so much again. Really appreciate it. All right, Steering Change podcast community, did you have a question that you would like answered on an upcoming episode of the Steering Change podcast? We want to hear from you. So to submit a question to the Steering Change mailbag, hit up our DMs on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag Steering Change, and your question will be answered either live on an upcoming podcast or by one of our awesome subject matter experts here at AMTA. I also ask that you share this episode with those in your network that you believe could benefit from our discussion today, and to make sure that you subscribe to our podcast channel on your favorite podcast platform, so that way you can be notified when future episodes are released. You can also learn more about us and our mission by visiting www.amta.ca. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you have a safe day. Thank you for listening to AMTA's Steering Change Podcast. If you have questions or comments, please reach out to us on social media or visit amta.ca.